the, the NFL stands for not for long. Second down and goal from just inside the two. Backs offset. Sharga and Armstead. Rollout. Walker. Still running out. Looks to the left. Wide open. Thompson touchdown. Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting quarter. The end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Not For Long Media. This is your host, Colin Thompson. I hope everyone is doing well. Lots to report in the sports world. Lots to report in the Not For Long Media world. But before we get into that, I want to talk about our official sponsor, Vault Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. Conveniently located in Doylestown, Bucks County, and Cape May, New Jersey. And as we all know in the world we live in today with Zoom and phone calls and text, they're located across the country. Someone you could talk to and rely on for everything you need when it comes to financial advice from 401k planning to the stock market, to retirement, to buying a house. They are truly the best in the business. WealthAdvisoryServices.com, strength and independence. Paul, Dave, and their team over there, over 100 years of experience. Big thanks to our friends over at Wealth Advisory Services. Check them out on all social media platforms and their website, wealthadvisoryservices.com. If you don't know them, you should. Special shout out to everyone that took great care of us in Key West. We've been there for a good substantial amount of time, and I cannot thank everybody enough. You guys know who you are, but special shout outs to those at Shots and Giggles, Back to the Island Society, Half Shell Raw Bar, The Green Parrot, and a few other places that took really great care of us throughout our time there. It was an unbelievable trip. A uh, great place for me to unwind after the season, but also start my training process where I've started it every year for the last couple of years. And we've been lucky to, lucky to call it home. One place we've called home down there, and we're really lucky to have back on our team here and not for long, is our friends at Shots and Giggles in Key West, Florida. Full transparency, my uncle, Hanya, and Steve, owners, operators, founder of the bar, and it's been, been in business now for 10-plus years. It is the place to watch football through, uh, through the entire college football and NFL season. We were there for the Tottenham Man City game and had an absolute blast. So much fun, an unbelievable game. Uh, Harry Kane went off for Tottenham and, you know, scored an extra time and was one of the best wins in Tottenham history, at least as a new fan for me, my favorite win, uh, because we were with some great locals down there uh, watching the Tottenham game. It's really a sports city and for just a small bar, six seats, a little wine room, a little seating area in the back. It kind of has a New Orleans feel to it. It has an old Florida feel to it. They have the best bartenders in town. You can pull up to the side window and get a drink to go. It's it's just family friendly. It's a great place to go with friends. It's a great place to bring your dog. It is the premier locals bar in Key West. Check them out. Shotsandgiggles.com. Shout out to Stephen Hanya and the bartenders at Shots and Giggles for an awesome month. So lots of report uh, from the Not For Long Media space first. I'm going to address that. So we had a breaking bats with Brian O'Grady. Our baseball podcast here, Not For Long Media, we're so excited about it. Brian's going over to Japan to play. He will not be playing in the MLB due to lockout and a few other things. So 
we started the podcast and within really 48 hours of the two episodes being released, the podcast reached as high as on some platforms, Apple podcasts, the 16th or 15th top rated baseball podcast. And that's all based off downloads as we all know. So shout out to our team and not for long media, shout out to Brian O'Grady and what he's doing and the guests he's had on and very thankful for his guests because this podcast has taken off. Make sure you guys check it out. Breaking Bats with Brian O'Grady. Awesome job from our team and not for long and Brian and congrats to you guys. I want to talk about our friends over at Pro Star Sports. It's combine week. It is combine week. There's lots to look forward to. I was not invited to the combine. For those that don't know, almost every NFL team, if not every NFL team, has to put a request into the league for you to come to the combine. That's how that operates. So when I didn't have all the NFL teams request me to come to the combine, maybe a handful, who knows, but I did not get invited to the combine. I was, um, I had my local pro day and, and also for everyone that doesn't, you know, for somebody that does not know half of the NFL is undrafted, which is such an astounding stat when, when you go undrafted and you're upset, you didn't get drafted, but you know, your agent tells you and, I'm lucky to have awesome agents say, hey, listen, half the NFL is undrafted. You're going to be just fine. And those guys, Paul, they, excuse me, Paul, Warren, and John, we have a lot of Pauls sponsoring the podcast here, not for long media. Paul, John, and Warren, the gentleman I'm very lucky to work with on a daily basis, 365, anytime I need them, they're, they're the best in the business. Nowadays with the NIL stuff, you need to be represented in that field. You need to have representation on the marketing side of things, especially if you're in the NFL. That goes without saying. But for college athletes listening to this podcast, for college parents listening to this podcast, you need representation, not just because they're going to help you get product and money and all that stuff, but you are protected. We all know the nightmare that could be caused with an with a issue with the law, with doing something wrong through a contract or you can't get out of a contract once you go pro, et cetera, et cetera. It could be a nightmare. So our friends over at ProStarSportsAgency.com, check them out, ProStarSportsAgency.com. They have a podcast as well. You can get to know their team over there. They represent players like Cameron Wake, Johnny Hecker. They represent media personalities like Lewis Riddick. Um, so they do it all, and they have a total team and package. They'll be at the Combine this week just being around the game, being around scouts, being around coaches, being around players. Uh, they, they put the work in. They'll be at the, the Maxwell Awards in Atlantic City. They really, truly put the work in. I'm very lucky to work with them, and we're very lucky to have them at Pro Star Sports Agency. So as of last night, the MLB, February 28th, the end of the month, that was the deadline for the MLB to finish their CBA, collective bargaining agreement. They have pushed it now to March 1st. I heard today that they need 28 days to get their bodies right, injury prevention, similar to what we had when COVID was going down. The NFL said, listen, you need, you know, 50 days of prep, preseason football. We didn't play any preseason games. This is in 2020. Preseason football. And then also you need, uh, you know, a regeneration period to get your bodies moving again. So it was like, I think it was two weeks of movement without pads. And then it was three weeks with pads. And then the season came. So the MLB needs something like that. I know guys are preparing. This is not the old days of the cigarette and the Coca-Cola at halftime league. Everyone's preparing, training pretty much year-round, 11 months a year. So uh, the MLB players will be ready to go. And um, there's going to be 
lots going on in that front when it comes to the MLB. So we'll keep you guys updated on that. It looks like they're going to make it happen. There's too much money to be lost. So at the end of the day, players want to play. The owners want to make the money. The players want to make the money. And really, if you've listened to Breaking Bats episode, they get into the fact that I think it was Joe Musgrove interview that they don't really want the money. They just want the opportunity to make it if things go well, right? So they're just projecting, they're betting on themselves, which is the way you do it. So shout out to the players. We're a players-friendly podcast here. And, uh, you know, appreciate the owners as well, but we're a player-friendly podcast here for sure. So talk about player-friendly. Shout out to our friends over at Few Will Hunt. This is a group uh, that I'm very proud to represent walking to the stadium, proud to represent that I work out in. The comfiest workout clothes, casual clothes, leisure clothes to bed clothes, you name it, they have it. Our mission, we are the few. Family-owned and operated, Few Will Hunt was founded on one mission to restore the dignity of hard work. We are building the world's largest, most diverse community of real people doing real hard work for real impact. We believe the best things in life are earned, not given. Fewwillhunt.com. They're working with UFC. They're working with NFL players, professional baseball players. They're working with pro athletes to CrossFit members to, you know, the person that's just going to work nine to five, but is getting up at six and going to work out in the morning and then going home to their family at night and taking care of business there. So fewwillhunt.com, check them out. An awesome brand to be associated with. Really excited for our episode today. Joe Samba, someone that I met in Key West, Florida. There's a big Key West, Florida, uh, you know, episode. Just spent some time down there. Again, shout out to everyone who took care of us down there. Really excited for our new part- partnership with Shots and Giggles. Check them out, guys. Located right behind uh, Sloppy Joe's on Ann Street, right downtown. A great little getaway to get off of the ball. The uh, ball's great, but after a while, everyone will be ready to go get off of it and check out different things. And that's a great little place to check out. So, Check out Joe Samba online, joesamba.com. He's coming on the podcast today. I think you guys are going to really love this episode. We just talk about life. Uh, we talk about music. We talk about the kind of the, the developmental process of how kind of country music and reggae music kind of grew together. In my opinion, he gives his opinion back on that. You can check out his new album, Crazy Little Village. The artwork is Key West, which is pretty cool. Uh, and you'll like Joe Sam- Samba. He's from Salem, New Hampshire. He was residing in Key West. You know, now he's in the Carolinas, uh, an awesome guy, uh, you know, a new father. Um, he's a blend of upbeat reggae mixed with an energetic pop edge and fusion of soul and funk. I heard him two years ago in Key West down the street. I'm like, who is this guy? What is this vibe? And our shout out to Coast Guard Lance. Lance offered for just sending him my way to someone to listen to and, you know, was able to get him on the podcast. So I really think you guys are going to enjoy this. But before I send it over there again, shout out to Wealth Advisory Services. Check them out for all your financial advice. They're our official sponsor. Check out Few Will Hunt. Check out Shots and Giggles. And check out our friends at Pro Star Sports. Just killing it in the football world on and off the field. So appreciate you guys supporting Not For Long Media. Check out Breaking Bats. A lot going on there. Shout out to our team to making this all possible. So we're really excited for what's next in Not For Long Media. And we're excited to send it over now to the Joe Sand interview. Enjoy. Stop it up, stop it up. If you wanna dance, now's your chance to 
Uh, so we got Joe Samba joining us today, uh, Key West legend. And Ooh. Yeah, definitely Key West legend, right? You have to be at this I point. I like that. I mean, you got the Conk Republic flag flying. You got the Key West Conks baseball. Yes, sir. Yes, on. sir. I'll tell you what, like their, their Key West Conks baseball hats are, are sweet. They're badass. I mean, once you get the, this from, I, I only lived there for a year and I, uh, I've done a lot of traveling there and performing there, obviously. Um, but once a local gave me this hat, that's when I was like, oh, I feel accepted. I feel this accepted. So those that don't know, Key West, southernmost point in the continental United States. I'm here right now. You're uh, in Key West right now? Right now, man. Look, no I way. threw the half shell raw bar hat on for you. I yes. Threw, I literally got dressed like I was going to see your show, which um, I'm on Fleming. So nice. not okay. that literally a straight shot pretty much to you and you're at Hank's give or take. Yeah. And so is that how you found out about me was my gigs over there? Okay. No way. That's so cool. here's, here's how it happened. So last year I take about a month off when the season ends yeah. and my family's been coming to Key West for 40 years now. Uh, my uncle flew for the Navy, got stationed down here um, when he was at Boca Chica air force uh, Navy base. Nice. And he's like, told my dad and mom, when they started dating, like, Hey, listen, just flying to Miami. This is like in the eighties. And was like flat early 80s, like fly to Miami, drive down, keep going south as far as you can. You're going to run in this place called Key West. So like my dad impersonated an officer, whatever. We're going on live air now. <laughs> Screw it. Everything, everything pre 9-11 is completely fine. Yeah. Um, so my dad's a big guy like my uncle. And he like walked on the Navy base here, like impersonated an officer, like got on. No big deal. No one ever cared back then. Right. It's not like he did anything wrong. Kind of. And then. uh whatever long story short they like snuck my mom in and they stayed for like four dollars a night at the fly navy building back in the that's day that's amazing yeah that's so, so then they would walk to the half shell raw bar and it was all oyster like just crushed up oysters between the naval base and the half shell that was it you could almost see it from the navy base that's so cool so that's how we got here all right so nice. fast forward we're renting a place for the month right in truman Attics, right at the president's gates cool literally football throw between Hanks and our house. Yeah, yeah, the annex. So you know exactly where we're at. Yes, sir. I lived right off of Truman Ave in like Whitehead right there. I lived awesome. like right at that intersection. Can't beat it. So yeah. literally, right? So we we got there and we're so jacked up. And then Hanks, kind of a new bar. Yeah. It was so loud in the house. Like, I mean, echoed through the house. And I'm like, you know, some these bands are good. It's been great. Like, they're kind of near the house here. Like, yo, this guy playing reggae is really freaking good. Let's go over there and see. And this is like one of the nights where we're like, we're not going out tonight. You know, so I don't know if you play there during the week, like Wednesday nights or whatever it was. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to swing by and see this guy. And I, we swing by and we sit in the back and we listen to one of your sets and we had been fans of your music ever since. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's that's so cool. Um, I was wondering how, just cause you know, it's just this past year where, where my career has been kind of taken off a little bit since I signed with law and uh, um, doing some East coast touring and stuff. So I wasn't sure. And then I, I was checking out your, your Instagram and I saw that you were in Key West a lot. And I was like, I wonder if that's how, cause uh, a couple of my buddies also followed you and stuff. I did some detective work, but there uh, you go. Listen, yeah, yeah everyone, man. everyone stalks each other on social media. You have to yes, now, but so really shout out to coast guard, Lance, Lance, Lance Hufford. He always sits, at the bar at Hanks and watches you. And oh, no saying, way. Yeah. So he's in the Coast Guard down here and uh, we're real good buddies. And, and uh, I 
told him, you know, we were coming on and he's like, you know, just taking me through all these different things about you. So big fan, but I mean, there's so much we could jump into, but first, like I do with everyone, like, where are you at now? What are you up to? What's next? Yeah, man. So since I was living in Key West, I was down there really um, during the pandemic. I'm from New Hampshire. So during the pandemic in the wintertime, we couldn't play indoors. And uh, during the summer, we could play outside and stuff. But dead of winter, I had nothing planned. I was uh, tracking my new album. Um, and once that was done, I was just kind of sitting on my ass and like, what am I going to do next? And then I, I had played in Key West a whole bunch Um before that, like I'd go down and spend like a week or two at a time uh, gigging all over Duval Street and stuff. And um, my buddy Rob, he's from New Hampshire, Rob Benton. Um, he pretty much runs Hanks now. And he kind of just gave me an offer I couldn't refuse and made me move down to Key West, um, twist my arm. Uh, he, he, I had a residency all set up there. I was free to play at places like General Horseplay right next door and a bunch of other spots. And it was one of the cooler years of my life living there. I've moved my girl down there. And uh, since then, we've actually moved to Charleston, South Carolina. Um, and I got a baby coming. It could be here any day now. So that's pretty much been my life is prepping for that and playing shows and recording. That's awesome. Yeah, there's so much to dive into there. And I figured as you can hear the plane fly over, as you know, we're right in the path here. Yeah. Uh, so it's very, we're going to have a Key West podcast. There'll be like people walking by in the street yelling in our house, which have scared, <laughs> scared literally the shit out of me so many different times. You're, oh, wow. I mean, yeah. it's, but it's been Everyone's so Key right West. There. So I, dude, Key West. I love it's such a unique island and place to be like I like any walk of life. There is there for the same reason. They're just there to have fun and lay low. Yeah, yeah we rad. love it here, man. It's been it's been a great trip so far. Uh, so, you know, baby's on the way. Yeah. You know, what has that preparation been like? Uh, is it Salvatore I saw on Instagram? Salvatore. Yeah. Salvatore Steven Sambataro. I'm stoked. He's going to be Italian. That's, He's going to be coming so out strong. like this. Yes, yeah. he will be. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he'll be here any day now. And prepping for that has been, um, at least for us, it's been a very unique experience than probably most. Like, because I've been traveling like crazy. I convinced her to move to Key West from New Hampshire and then I was like, see, I'm going to tour in Hawaii. And like, so she was just pregnant in the middle of July in Key West and I'm hot out touring and it's hot there in the, in the summer. And, um, you know, we kind of agreed that our, another beautiful favorite spot of ours is Charleston. So, uh, I have a lot of friends and fans and stuff in Charleston that I would play in like Folly and James Island and stuff. So that's where we are now. It's in James Island right on the coast. And, um, we love it and prepping it was hard we actually we had a house lined up in West Ashley and uh the people who were living there before were like squatting in it and we had just spent like all this money we someone else was gonna rent the spot that we had in Key West and we had the U-Haul packed and then we got a call saying like these people aren't fucking leaving <laughs> we're like okay so she's six months pregnant we're homeless and like what are we gonna do and uh, my buddy Liam here, he had an extra spot available, kind of set us up in Charleston. We were there for a couple of weeks and then we found a perfect spot where I can have my studio in my garage and we have plenty of rooms and it was a stressful situation. But now that we're here and settled, it's like we're, we're good to go. Like now, now that she's comfortable, they call this the nesting period. So she's nesting and doing her thing and I'm prepared. That's what makes it fun. 
Yeah. Love dude. it, dude. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So Salem, New Hampshire, reggae, playing in Hawaii, Key West, Charleston, around the world. How do you go from a child in New Hampshire where it's freezing cold, miserable weather to a rising star in the reggae community? Man, it's actually funny that we're doing this when we're doing it. Cause like three years ago to the day I put out my first single, how we do. And, uh, that song, um, it, it was number one on iTunes when I first released it. And like, from then on, it was like, Holy crap, people are really digging this. And, uh, and that song kind of epitomized living in New Hampshire and playing reggae and like wishing it was summertime. And I have a music video out. That's me. Like, trudging through the snow with my surfboard and boogie board and like my swim shorts. And, um, but it was, it was a great spot to grow up. I love New Hampshire. It was definitely, definitely like a unique, different thing. Like that I, I was playing reggae, not knowing if there was like a reggae scene there. And sure enough, there was after playing the shows and playing weird. Cause I'm from the metal scene there. I would play these crossover shows where I'd play reggae and then there'd be like a hardcore, like, like screaming band and then like something else. And it wasn't till like a couple of years doing it in New Hampshire, where I found there was actual, an actual scene there for it. Um, this band's like Roots of Creation and um, Super Nothing. And in Massachusetts, I don't know if you know the elevators, but they're the South Shore of Massachusetts. I'd go down there and play shows all the time. And like, sure enough, the, 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 the reggae scene in the Northeast was like growing. And um, even stick figure, he's originally from Duxbury mass. Like, um, and it wasn't until I put out how we do where I like noticed that the scene itself was just growing even more out of new England than I realized. And I've always wanted to go to places like Key West. And when I put out my first record, the wrong impression that like, I think it was, the April after I put out the single um, that's the first time I played in Key West. And um, I've been doing mostly East coast, East coast tours since then. Um, but it just, it's just growing and without people listening and enjoying it, like none of this would have happened. So all I can do is thank people who are listening and sharing. And it's been a wild ride the last couple of years. An upbeat reggae mixed with an energetic pop edge and fusion of soul and funk. So that's you. That's what you're reading on the website. Check them out, joesambo.com. Uh, yeah. So there's so many things to, to, to cover here. One, your your latest album, Crazy Little Village. Is that Key West? That has to be Key West. Oh, the album artwork is Key West to a T. Yeah. yeah. Super, super inspiring place. Uh, like because where I was living there, it, you look right out the window and the the lighthouse is right there. It, like it was the epitome of it. And when I was trying to come up with a name, um, there was like it was just evident. Like what is what is what I'm living in right now? I'm like this is a crazy little village, you know. And you got Ernest so, Hemingway's house right next to it, so you have like yes, just sir. crazy like historic stuff. That's yeah. what Key West is. A lot of people think it's a party or whatever, but. U.S. is like first off every amazing history there. Every military military unit is here. Yeah, Cuba's right here. Yeah, and they're not just a little bit here; they're everywhere here. They're everywhere, and there. and it's so much history. I mean, to cut you off, but where you're at, no, no. It's, it's like right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. it so there are most and, points right there. 
Dude, I felt really lucky. Um, I have a lot of friends there that helped me out and helped set me up. And the the location I ended up in, like, I just, I didn't need a car. I could ride my bike to my gigs at like, like you were saying, there's so many amazing, like, there's so much amazing history there um, from the pirates to, to Ernest Hemingway, to Truman, to, to Bahama village, like all Jimmy Buffett, Kenny Chesney, like even going like more into the studio. Yeah. uh, The studio studio that that no one knows about. Everyone's walking by Jimmy Buffett's studio and has no fucking clue. It's his like, and we're not going to disclose on here, Yeah, but just, just, just just walk around and look. Yeah. Have you ever been in there? I, that's like a dream of mine is to go in there. Actually dream mine is to record there. I would love to. So I, was there as a kid it was open one day no and way. my dad bumped to an old friend who's like the property manager and i'll put the picture up i'll find it guys and i'll post it in there and, and do a little when we do your podcast and put it on the social media but i'm wearing like jimmy buffett's suit jacket he would put on for fins of the left fins of the right and it's a, got a fin on the back of the gray jacket and it's me oh, and my mom cool. in a studio who again in I think the studio you, and the studio, but yeah, you said because I've seen Kenny Chesney all around town a bunch of different times. Has oh, he yeah. been at, have you his place is right, never mind, I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, not publicly. It's, it's right. somewhere. It's somewhere you would not expect it to just be right there. You know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, uh, have you seen him around town? I haven't. I haven't seen him yeah. around town. Yeah. I've seen a few like country stars walking around. I've seen Kenny Chesney walking around, and um, what's uh, there's a bunch of cats down there that are just yes. like randomly. I down there and uh the songwriters festival all of them come out and it's really cool yeah you know uh, i think slightly stupid and tribal seeds and uh they did like a tour that played the uh the amphitheater there awesome amphitheater. i I know jamie from tribal seeds and they they all went to uh smoke and tuna after and like just jammed you don't know what kind of jam you're just gonna stumble in on down there it's it's insane like kid rock was just down there yeah it's all madantes yeah He jumped up on like with my buddy Nick or something and just took the guitar and it, it's insane. It's such a cool spot. Yes, yeah, only in Key West. Only in the Key West. I've heard stories of Kenny going up, taking the you know the guitar and J- Jimmy Buffett, and then Kid Rock. Of course, he's at Dante's. He looks he looks like he's been having a hell of a day, and he walked up on stage after and played a couple songs, and he was like completely fine, which is so Kid Rock. Yeah. Um, we'll transition to kind of where my interest in reggae started and see if that kind of pairs with a lot of people probably some listeners that are into it um and see what you think so like for people my age i'm 28 born in 93 you know you're in high school in like 2008 so you're listening to music that's like you know a little bit before that so i just remember like hearing obviously sublime like everybody else right Mm -hmm. my first thing of sublime was like in dave mira biking game and you're hearing like sublime come on you're like okay early in the morning like they're playing you're riding your bike and you're doing flips and whatever so sublime then you go like in high school and i remember like slightly stupid all the cool kids who listen to it you're like all right like this is really interesting and then all of a sudden like i remember getting out of high school and like put it on dirty heads and then being like okay like i like some of their songs i don't like some of their songs and then it got the revolution and then it like took off where like now iration and Micah, their lead singer, we become like friends and nice. they're, they're, they're the intro music to every one of our podcasts. Um, Iration is? Yeah. That's cool. Nice. Yeah, man. So like, that's kind of, it's how been, it's like really taken off for me. Now, obviously football's helped with that, you know? So, yeah. but 
is that where like a lot of people like younger kids my age have kind of got their stem from? Because there's a big push from it. And, and I'll shut up in a second here, but I compare it a lot to country music and people are like, what are you talking about? That sounds crazy. But if you think about country music, like in the eighties, we're using Kenny as an example. If you go back to listening to Kenny stuff, like nineties, like before like guitars and tiki bars and like all his like laid back, like fun, almost Jimmy Buffett storytelling stuff. It was a lot of like deep roots, and you know kind of slow country music and then you could, yeah right and then you tie it into like reggae how it goes back to reggae I mean, reggae was like hard heavy roots right it was like mm-hmm. bob marley even harder than bob but stuff like that and then all of a sudden it changed over time now you hear country music just like pop really it's just whatever it you know it's just not I, sure. I enjoy I enjoy some of it but it's now but then reggae like in country there's so many different things you go from like luke combs to like florida georgia line to like chris stapleton yeah. You could do the, you could do the same thing in reggae, and now there's like becoming reggae radio stations. You know, so I I don't know. Sure. I was thinking I was thinking about that today. I wanted to get your thought on it because it's kind of it's they both taken off together at the same time. Yeah, so it kind of goes hand in hand. What I was saying, like of things just growing organically um, from where I in New Hampshire didn't know anyone else was listening to reggae to like there's this huge, way more broad scene that like the more the world gets smaller as the scene gets bigger. It's like the way I look at it. It's like, um, and you were saying like, you listened to sublime and all this like Americanized reggae, like early nineties, late nineties, like sublime, stupid. And it took a band like that. Cause that's where I started listening to it too. I got really into sublime, started smoking a bunch of weed and listening to sublime all the time. And <clears throat> it wasn't until, um i like listened to their whole discography and was obsessed where people were like oh yeah that's actually a grateful dead song and it's like what yeah scarlet begonias is a grateful dead song oh really and then i'd start listening to grateful dead and then and then 54 46 that's a toots and the maytales song that's like an old reggae number really and then you listen to that and that is really when i started diving deep into like like toots and the maytales and 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 like burning spear and and all, all like the clap jimmy jimmy uh not jimmy buffett <laughs> we're Sorry. talking to jimmy, we just jimmy can't stop clip about. jimmy clip like stuff like that like it and and you see whether it's country or reggae like it's all an influence on each other like from generation from like every 10 years there's this new wave of it that was influenced from the wave before and that's what I think is cool about music. And people tend to like overthink it and like, this is classic rock, blah, blah, whatever genre. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's reggae. And like, yeah, yeah, you can categorize, categorize Bob Marley and sublime as a reggae, as reggae at, at this point, like, um, and put so much into that category though. Like you could pile could. so much stuff. Like I listen to a band that's disbanded now. It was a one man band, but it was uh, the hold up, And I like them. And then like, I mean, you could throw so much into the bag. You could throw so much yeah. in the bag of country. And that's where I was like sitting here today. I'm like, wow, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I yeah, felt- and that's and that's what I loved about Sublime was like they they took hip hop, they took rock, they took punk, they took reggae. Like I, yeah. I, I don't know. Are you, you're freezing up. I don't know if I was talking over you. You good? So, well, yeah, they 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 would take all these genres and kind of mash them into this thing and even take lyrics. Um 
and mash it into this thing. And like, you'll listen to like Billy Preston or these old seventies rock and roll guys and like, be like, it's sublime singing a Billy Preston song. I didn't put two and two together till 15 years later, but that, that's, what's cool about it. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. And we keep, we just can't not stop talking about Key West, which is fine. Uh, looking forward to hitting some people up for some sponsorship from Key West for this pod here. Cause it's going to be a lot of listeners <laughs> from KW <laughs> shout out to shots man. and giggles, Monkle and Anno and shots and giggles. So Dude, another been- thing I love about Key West too, is like, it's its own melting pot of people from all over the country that are just chilling there. Yeah. And I, I just played in Tennessee and there was like eight people I knew just from living in Key West that came out to my gig. Like you, you can, they, 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 there's this thing, like if you, stay in key west gigging long enough you'll do it's like doing a world tour in one place because people from all over the world go there and see you you don't know who's gonna walk by and it's quaint enough it's not like a vegas where you're like yeah it's small enough yeah 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 yeah. it's small enough where you know everybody for sure it's funny we keep going back to key west and like jimmy buffett right well first i want to get my previous point i always talk about key west is like the best place to watch football everyone's like what do you mean i'm like you're watching it with there's going to be 10 Eagles fans. There's going to be 10 Cowboys fans. There's going to be oh, yeah. 10 Panthers fans. going to be all these Ravens. I mean, we meet Panthers fans all the time. I see them all the time. Like, all people from all over. So, if you go to a certain bar, it's, like, packed. Shots and giggles. All NFC East teams. Big Eagles. Big Panthers. So, side note on there. But it's funny. Like, keep going back to Jimmy Buffett. And I grew up listening to Jimmy Buffett. My parents were big parrot heads when we were, we were kids. And a lot of people have moved on. You know, it's kind of – he's great. But it's, you know, it's not the same. He's not putting out new music, yeah. you know. But, like, he's kind of one of a kind. Like, everyone's pulled music from stuff in the past, but, like, Jimmy's not, like, the greatest vocalist of all time. Like, not the greatest guitar player of all time, but probably the best storyteller. Yeah, I mean, it he seems like... the story. Even Cheeseburger in Paradise. You'd, like, it, what, unless you dissect, like, Cheeseburger in Paradise is, like, you're dieting, you're living your day-to-day life. Then you go on vacation to a place like Key West. And I'm eating, a, I'm drinking margaritas. I'm eating a cheeseburger. I'm chilling by the pool. Like, it's, yeah. that's the story. And people are like, why is he just talking about cheeseburgers? And it's like, no, it's the story. Like, like the everyday person who's just waiting to have that burger in paradise, you know? Like, yeah. it's cool. So unique, man. He's got so many wild stories. I've like, literally, I'll be... Now with my, you know, dad, now that I'm 28, whatever, we'll be like, you know, walking somewhere and I'll be like, whatever, singing a song. And I'll be like, you know what? I just want to go to the half shell or go to shots and giggles and like, just have like oysters and beer for every, every day of the year. And I'll be fine. You know, like that, even yeah. though like I'm like an old, old man, you know, um, there's so much to talk about. I didn't even ask you in the beginning, how much time you got for me today? I don't want to take Dude, too much I- of it. Unless, unless the baby's coming out, I got all day. All right, cool. We'll do our <laughs> normal, we'll do our normal length about another 20 minutes or so. All right, man. Um, so the sugar shack session, talk about that. Can you explain that to everybody listening on here? I obviously, as a reggae fan, follow it, appreciate it, love it. It's friggin' sweet. Can you explain what that is and talk about your experience there? Yeah. Uh, so sugar shack is a YouTube channel, um, that it's primarily like reggae rock world. Um, and, but like they, they bring in all types of artists, um, from funk to rock to everything. So, it's one of those outlets on YouTube that I've been watching like before I even released any music of my own. It was just one. It's a, it's a great outlet to see a a cool broken down, like authentic version of like your favorite reggae bands. And um, being on it was surreal for me. I did it. uh, It was like this time last year um, where I 
uh, was able to bring my whole band down to Florida. And at this point, because of the pandemic, they were all still out, uh, in Boston. And um, I hadn't played with them in over a year at that point. So I got to fly them down, meet them in, uh, in Fort Myers and rehearse at the Airbnb and then just go straight over and, and track the songs with uh, Sugar Shack. But those guys, Ed and all the guys, um, they're so welcoming and they try to keep that like authentic, like because they got super popular on YouTube. They went from just, well, let's just have some beers and film some shit to like it's grown into this big thing. And it's still hanging out and drinking beers and filming shit, you know, except they, they've been able to grow this thing even bigger. And like they just now they're able to have like a sponsored hard seltzer that like you show up and they have like a whole thing of beer and hard seltzer like hey these are what our sponsors here you go they're like and like it was just so chill and um being able to do that was like like one of those check it off the bucket list types of things for me and um yeah like i encourage everyone to go check it out not just my videos but like there's just so many awesome sessions that like i will sometimes i will sometimes just sit there and listen to that more than the actual recordings of the bands that are on it you know you're done you're done if you start going down that rabbit hole yeah it's a death trap you, yeah because <laughs> it's so unique and you find so many new bands and sometimes yeah. you're like you know what i like this better than their actual music i mean not i shouldn't say that because that comes across wrong but you're like like you said i'll watch that over well, watching versions so like yeah. if you if you like the studio version of a song and then hear it on sugar shack yes they do such a good job with the audio, even just not what like they p bands will release just the audio on Spotify and stuff. Um, while it like, you can watch the whole video on YouTube, but it sounds so good. It's like, we need to release acoustic version of this because we did it on sugar shack, you know? Cause yeah, the way they film too, like it just, it's just all so good. awesome. It's so freaking cool. They just, they're, so, they're, they're, they kill it. They're just perfect. They do it they really, do. really well. They do. Uh, incoming generic question about music. Where are you pulling passion from for the songs? I'm assuming everywhere and anything. Everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it can start in a lot of different ways. As far as like songwriting, like it could start with a melody and then I'll find a lyric that matches the melody or there's something specific I want to like write about. And with my tunes, usually I, it's like, cause like, like a lot of other people, I, I had a very like back and forth couple of years of like highs and lows and like very high highs, but very low lows. And I try to relate those feelings I have to my listeners that may feel the same way or have experienced something similar or can relate my bullshit to their own personal bullshit. And that's, that's what I try to focus on when I'm writing. And um, I feel like this just, in my own opinion there's a lot of people just writing to write and not writing from from a place of like anguish and just like bullshit or even like songs like beef where i just want to write something happy to make people happy you know like there's there's a bunch of different reasons and uh like inspiration and in writing what i write Beef may be my favorite song. Ball and Chain's good too. I mean, I like I like a lot of them. I like a lot of them. I was going through the list today. I'm like, I'm not gonna sit here and say these are my top 12 songs I love. Just go listen, everybody. Uh, there's a little bit for everybody. There really is, though. 
I mean, there really is. You talk about writing from, you know, from the heart. I've heard, I listened to one of your podcasts you were on earlier today and, you know, prepping for the pod and you talk about writing from the heart, but like, have, you know, especially in those lows, have, have, has writing helped you out of those lows? Yeah, it's my outlet for that 100%. Um, without music, I don't know if I'd still be here. Like to be that blunt, like that's honest truth. Like um, it's my outlet. And that's one of those things I like to encourage towards people listening even like even if it's not music like whatever it is uh some sort of there needs to be some sort of release for that built up shit and for me it's expressing myself through music and um if it helps people like realize that about themselves or however people take it even if people hate my music you know I, i i still have an outlet to put something out it helps me also you know so. Is there any cool moments where someone's like come up to you or wrote you a letter or send you a message like, hey, you really helped me through a dark time? Yeah, uh, uh, pretty often, actually, too. And um, and that's the reason why I keep creating like that's that's the driving force of continuing to make music. You know, I it started as something for myself and it like my song, The Wrong Impression, um, I wrote that like. 12 years ago like I wrote that a long time ago and it took me like 10 years to even put anything out so I, I did it for myself more than anything and the fact that people jive with it and relate to it and want more of it it's like how could I not feel good about that like that's fucking awesome so that's the driving driving force now behind it all so that's so cool that's man I heard cool. that's sorry to cut you off uh Typical Zoom. Wish we could do it All in good. person. We'll get, we'll do it. We'll get, maybe we'll get one in person this year. I'll, I'll drive down or something when uh, I'm back in Charlotte and yeah. get to meet the little guy. Um, More than welcome, dude. That'd be awesome. Hey, so I, I heard another podcast, uh, your high school dropout. Can you talk about that? Yes. Yeah. Um, I just didn't jive with school. I never really have. I was a class clown, um, but I was also like singled out a lot because I'm a big guy. Like, I would not even try to make a joke or anything. And they'd just be like, Joe, get the fuck out of here. And I'd be like, I didn't do anything. Like I just got uh, singled out a lot and school in me didn't vibe at all. And, uh, but there was a few teachers that like helped a lot and like encouraged me like school or no school, like do your thing, just do you. And that's what I vibed with more. And um, the whole core class like like day-to-day school with a curriculum it's just not how my brain works like it probably is a lot different for a lot of other people but um i just didn't jive with it and i i'm actually like as probably not popular of an opinion it is i encourage kids to like say fuck school more because like it's not for everyone and if you have that mindset fuck school you can still that doesn't mean you're out that's doesn't mean you're out of the game because you don't jive with school you're not getting good grades they may like growing up at least for me it seemed like if you don't do it like this you're not going to go anywhere in life and it's like that's not true like now more than ever it's even easier it's even easier easier is not a good word but there's more avenues there's more opportunity a perfect example someone like my mom who is i mean one of the biggest badasses on earth in my opinion she's I mean, uh, everyone knows on this podcast what I think of her and what she's done, but she's in, you don't know, but she's in retail. She's been in retail for 30 years. You know, she always says, I barely got through high school, barely. 
And then I, I'm 18 years old and I want to get out of the house and start working. And I just started driving an hour a day and then got on the train for, you know, driving two hours a day of a full commute and then the train for two hours a day. And then I find my way in New York city at 18 years old as a buyer and a seller and all this with merchandise. And she's like, I went to New York for college. Like, that's how I learned. Like there's a million ways to do it. I think a lot of two people get hung up, you know, so much. And again, like her, her, her business has evolved. Like just like anybody's over the 30 years of you can imagine Now she went from starting selling bras and panties and intimate apparel. Now she sells fudge, Columbia, Patagonia and vineyard vines sells it oh, all. Yeah. Um, there's just so many avenues now. I'm in the same boat with guys. I think a lot of people get hung up on the degree too, like where it's from. So like, yeah, yeah. I think college is valuable. Don't get me wrong. Like I went to college. For I'm sure, halfway sure. done my master's. Like me getting that master's though, like, okay, great. I have another piece of paper. I'm not saying I shouldn't get it, but yeah, like this education I'm getting with, this is probably my hundredth, two hundredth, probably 300 podcasts I've ever done. And I started a business now and I'm paying For people sure. and I have employees and I'm constantly trying to hire more people. If you're looking to join a podcast, reach out. No. So, um, <laughs> but no, man. So it, it, I am on the same page with it. There's a million ways to go. I'm, well, it, 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 the end all is like just working hard, like whatever the yeah. avenue is like money or no money. Like if you're working hard towards something at all, that's like, that's what the mind with passion, is. right? I mean, you'll with never passion. be bored. You'll never be Absolutely. bored. Absolutely. hundred percent. Absolutely. Never be bored. Uh, okay. As we finish things up here. There's got to be some awesome places you played over the years. I scrolling through your Instagram. I'm seeing you're playing in Hawaii with this unreal backdrop. You know, again, you playing in some of the bars that I love down here in Key West. Uh, what are some of the favorite venues you've played in over the years and why? Oh, man. Um, well, first one that sticks out is in Waikiki. I got to open for Kalei Kai, um, who's awesome uh, Hawaiian reggae artist. Uh, in Hawaii, he's like legendary. So um getting to go and do that was a highlight of my entire career for sure like um the Waikiki Shell like Bob Marley's played there um you name it honestly like everyone who's anyone has played the Waikiki Shell so to be able to do that and on top of that Hawaii was super closed down before I went there I was the first artist to play on that stage since the lockdown um happened so that alone was like holy shit, like, this is cool. So that was legendary um, for me. Um, that specific venue was insane. And it was such a, like, like I, I went from playing Hank's Hair of the Dog like five days a week to playing in the Waikiki Shell and that like within a week of each other. And then I went and played the Shell, came back to Key West, played one to four on a Tuesday at Hank's in front of like eight people eating Garbos, you know? So, really good food, by the way. And, on on diners, drivers, and dives, everybody. Yes, yeah, it's it's legit. The the Korean barbecue, uh, unbelievable. Everything um, is great. Side note, their food is yeah. great. Back but, to Key West again. Sorry, but, folks. But like, but that also goes to show that kind of stuff humbles you. At least in my my world of music, it's like like big stage, small stage. I'm still gonna bring it as hard as I possibly can. Like. I'm still there playing the small gig. Like it, it doesn't matter. Like I'm there doing my thing. My, like my worst case scenario is like, all right, I'm, I might break a string or something, or my voice not, might not be to par, but like, at least I can get some Garbos and have a beer after and like <laughs> walk down to Wall street and go to the beach. Like, you know, like, I, I guess 
the shell, the shell was definitely the highlight of my career so far. Waikiki yeah. and um, how popular my song beef got out there was crazy. And uh, I'm probably going to go back out there this year and do a tour, um, bring my full band this time. And uh, man, there's still a lot of stages I want to play. And I, I actually just announced uh, um, July 2nd back home in Hampton beach, New Hampshire, there's a place called the Hampton beach casino ballroom. And my first concerts ever growing up were at that place that I would watch as a kid. And now I get to play there fast forward to now. And it's like, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's those moments are the coolest moments by far Um, from someone who, again, my mom and my dad were always about visualization. I mean, visual, visual. I always struggle with visual visualization, (laughs) visualization, visualize i can't i don't know why i'm we're gonna keep this in folks like this is visualization visualization (laughs) so when you visualize something there you go you know they always believed in you know you're gonna you know speak into existence a little bit you know some people would say corny or whatever it may be but there's a lot of weird things that's happening in my career big giant big jeremy shockey fan growing up he wore number 80 tight end for the uh, new york giants I went to the New York Giants. I didn't pick my number. I walk in my locker and 80s in my locker. Hell that's, yeah. That's the quick version of one. You know, there's so many of them. Yeah. You know, one was like my mom being like, hey, when you go to the Super Bowl, because my buddy won a, a Nikon camera, um, a, you know, a, whatever, a contest our senior year in high school. And he got, you know, tickets to the Super Bowl in Dallas, Jerry's World. You know, you build a new Super Bowl. You build a new stadium, you get a Super Bowl. So we're going to go to. Mr. Jones, like, cause you could be my boss one day. I should say Mr. Jones's house. Mr. And Jones's house. Yeah. Yeah. Not counting crows, Mr. Jones and me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Tony, Tony B. Everyone knows yeah. what I'm talking about, but, um, so long story short, uh, she's like, just, you know, take, take some mental pictures of that. Cause you want to play there one day, you know, you was talking about playing the NFL since you're a little boy and, you know, I walk up the steps and it's green Bay and it's, it's, uh, Pittsburgh and you know I'm taking all these mental pictures and it was Aaron Rodgers one and only Super Bowl uh which was unbelievable to see and I just were taking all these mental pictures and then here we are this year I'm running out of the tunnel in Jerry's world and we're playing Dallas like crazy like I was like wow man like this that's is cool man and my name went across the loudspeaker because I jumped offside so that's good too <laughs> you know <laughs> that's cool dude that's hey, really man. cool. It's like having a busted, busted string or you, maybe your vocal cords on on bar all day. Same thing. In football. There's <laughs> it, a little it's, more, uh, it's a little more noticeable in Fox. <laughs> well, and it, it comes, it comes with uh, man, what I like to say is manifestation. It's a manifestation, you, you know, and, and, and that's cool. Like, cause everyone's got their own story, big or small of like manifesting something that they want to happen. And it takes what we're just talking about. Hard work. You gotta, you gotta work. You, as long as you're working towards something like the goal will be accomplished eventually, you know, and yeah, it, whether it's football, whether it's music, whether it's wall street or whatever, whatever the fuck, like it, it all coexists in one realm of just moving forward. And it's pretty cool. As we wrap things up, two more questions for me. One last one first, we can't do two. That's, that's, that's like a nightmare. Uh, one, uh, venue you want to play in moving forward uh red rocks i was gonna say dude it's gotta be red Rocks. that's that's like that's the biggest bucket list i have to check off right there that's what i'm manifesting <laughs> have you ever been there i haven't no no but it's legendary and don't go until you play there. there 
don't go until you play there. That's honestly been my thought this whole time. Like, I'm not going until I play there. And when yeah. you play there, we will. I'm flying out. We are doing Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There I'll we get go. You all access because <laughs> I because since I cannot say visualization, there you go. We're gonna mana. <laughs> we're gonna manifest it. We're gonna manifest that. Um, Visualize you know, an attack. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's football for you. Um, so, lastly, as I wrap things up and things start to evade my mind here because we're having too much fun and I'm in Key West and there's a bunch of you know. I don't want to say weird, but crazy people going down the street, which Dude, I absolutely I wish, love. I wish I was there with you in Key Weird. It, it, yeah. The place is awesome. Key Weird. You can't beat it. Uh, I forgot my last question, and that's just <laughs> that's just textbook, like write things down and fun and loose, and that's what we do here. All good. Um, thanks for coming on, man. We really appreciate you joining us. No, thanks for having me. I wish I could have been there to do it in person, but uh, duty calls with the baby. Salvatore. Salvatore, yeah couple days man here it comes unbelievable it's coming. it's coming joe sambo appreciate you coming on brother samba 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 samba, samba. Oh, sorry samba. that's that's the yeah. old name that's the old yeah. name yes sir can we talk about the change name change publicly or no yeah absolutely if you want to yeah i haven't really did, been able to talk to anybody about it yet but how did that i, I did a little research on it and i i see kind of how how it went down can you talk about that yeah so um really when it comes down to it i grew up in new hampshire my grandfather was a uh, lawrence massachusetts firefighter and they called him sambo that was his nickname sambataro the o at the end and they, they shortened it was the abbreviation of it and um that's just like how i've been known my entire life is joe sambo and my family were called the sambos like growing up and it wasn't until i started touring where i played in the specific show was in savannah georgia and there was other spots too like columbia south carolina and now that i live in charleston too like a lot more people have brought it up to me and um sambo is a derogatory word for a black person and i wasn't aware until someone brought it up to me at that show in savannah and we had like a good discussion about it but it came down to like he he was like was super respectful he's like i love your show I love that last song you played overcome. I came to your merch table and saw your name and I cannot justify wearing that word on my shirt, like on my chest. And that's when I was like, shit, man, like, is this going to become a problem? Like, I'm not trying to offend people. It's like just my family nickname and whatever. And, uh, and it really wasn't a hard decision to make. Cause like, everyone's like, it's your name. Like you're going to change your name like that. I'm like, yeah, because my name's Joe Sambataro. It's not Joe Sambo. Like, so if it's offensive to people, that's not what I want. Like, I'm not trying to piss people off. I'm trying to play music and make people happy. So it was uh, it was a tough decision trying to figure out what I would call myself. Um, but it was an easy decision to like change it. And uh, yeah, well, Joe Samba, no problem. Yeah, good on you, Just man. That's the O to awesome. an A. Like it was, yeah. and like. There has has been people. There has been people that like just like sticking it to stick it to them. Like, why would you just still? It's like, dude, it's not even. It was as simple like you just said, Samba. Like, it's O versus an A. Like, what's the big deal? And I feel like there's more people pissed about it than I am at all. Like, I'm not even upset about what I just. I'm just glad I can like clear things up uh, and have outlets like this to talk about it you know yeah no we appreciate you talking about it good on you man and 
we don't really try to, we talk about it a lot, but we don't pay attention to the get off my yard crowd on yeah, here. You know, exactly. if you're not open-minded and you Same. don't have empathy, then come on. What, 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 exactly. Come on. Uh, lastly. So I remember my last question. Thank God. I was concerned about my well-being there for a second. <laughs> uh, Law records just signed with them in 2021. Can you talk about joining a record company coming from independent to record company? Just talk about kind of the music world, that industry, how that works. Talk about your experience with law record as we wrap things up. There's, you know, there's a lot more that goes into things than I ever even imagined until I signed with law. I was just kind of putting music out and, you know, what going with the flow and, saying yes to as many opportunities as I could, but it wasn't until um, signing with law and Yassad and the dudes in pepper, they, they own law records. All of them are so cool. The general manager, Paul Milbury is super cool. And they call it the law Ohana. And it's, it's true. Like they, they fully accept anybody who joins on their team. And um, I have full creative control. They back everything I do. And as far like labels get a bad rep, but like them specifically, they're, they're really there for the artist. And that's what I really liked about them. Cause you know, I I've gotten offers and, and managers have flown out to meet me and like tried to listen here, Sonny, like I'm going to give you the world. And it's like, yeah, you know, but uh, law really has honed in and showed me how to actually make this like a business and, and planning things, accordingly to like the the analytics that we have now you know um i i'm not a big like analytics numbers guy like i just i'm a musician i write songs i put them out i play shows and i hang you know I love um, it. they kind of they they they've honed in a lot of the other aspects of the music business itself for me and um in doing so i've been able to acquire a booking agent to help me get the shows that I need. And um, my manager, Ian, uh, AFT artist has been an amazing help, not just for my music career, but my personal life and my scheduling stuff uh, around like my girlfriend's pregnancy and, and just my personal mood, like huge move from Key West to South Carolina, like everything. It, it, uh, I'm blessed, you know, um, I have a good team and it takes a team. I can't do it myself. And, um, from my band to my tour manager, Steve, um, it, like I couldn't, I'm the luckiest dude in the world. I say it all the time. And it takes, it takes a team to get that next step, um, taken. And, um, yeah, I mean, law has been a huge help and you can see it in the analytics, how big of a help they are. <laughs> That's a sentence I never said before that. So yeah, I heard you on another podcast. You're saying like, I was definitely not an analytics guy before I was just about making great music. And you know, I am, I resonate a little bit with that too. And I think you still have to have to like, screw it. I don't care about the followers. Like I'm a football player and I have reggae guys on my podcast and I have lifestyle people on my podcast and I have, you know, people that aren't football players. Cause that's who I am. It's really podcast. It's a shell of me. But you were saying how before, like you didn't care about the analytics, but now it's like a good help for you. You can kind of a great metric. I can see where where people are listening. If you go on the Spotify artist app or the iTunes artist app, they show you exactly who, what gender, who's listening, where they live, down to like the city. 
um, I can plan my touring around that because I know where people are listening. It's that is so cool. I never thought insane. of it that way. It's wow. Because we have the same thing on the podcast platform, right? I can see everything. Yeah. But yeah, so now you're like, wow, man, we've really got a big following growing in Charleston or Atlanta. Now I could just yeah. pop down there for a show. And and you can see it also with uh, where I play. So like like Tennessee, for example, I played in Tennessee and I could see the numbers go up and people listening to me from Tennessee and followers on my Instagram are all from Tennessee. And like, it's, it's crazy, dude. And it, it's a cool, more adult way to look at it than, uh, <laughs> than the way I was for so many years. And now I got the kid on the way too. So like, it's all valuable. And I'm looking at more as like, like I have to do this. There's, it's more than just me now really long story short and yeah um all that stuff's important and um even though it's not my my main focus when i'm writing a song or playing a show um it all makes it professional and the next step of my career so i thank law my management everybody who's helped me get to the point i'm at and to wherever the hell this goes so to the moon baby to the moon Joe Samba, appreciate you coming on, brother. Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate it. Hey, go Panthers, bro. I never thought I'd ever say that. I love it. Keep pounding. That's our sign. Keep pounding. Now let me bring you up to date on what I'm doing, giving up a clean slate. I'm stepping up to battle, sweeping up the plate. Not even ready because today is the day. Ha. Now I've been prepping for a second. Really, it's nothing but perfection. Gonna show the pretty people how we do. So I try my best relating it to you So yeah